Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. You ever, you ever hear a song and it takes you right back to a specific place? And when you hear it, like, you just can't shake it. Like, every time, you're, you go back to that place. And uh, every time I hear that song, I am taken back to the monastery that I went to a few years ago. It was a monastery here in Oklahoma. I'd never been to one before, and I'm not the kind of guy that um, doesn't like to talk for a week. But this was a, kind of a silence retreat, and... <laughs> And um, I, I don't know if I broke the, the, the monk code or what, but um, I just got to a place where I was like, I can't handle it anymore. And, and I um, was in my room and I shut the door and I had my phone and there's no signal, but if I got it up in the windowsill, anybody been there? And, and, and I got like one bar and I was able to connect and, and that was the song I put on and I just listened to it like really quiet. I was like, I think it's okay. But it was just one of those moments, though, that um, honestly, when I heard the song, I was just like, wow, that's a, that's a pretty bold call because at that moment is when God was birthing Ethiopia in our church and uh, had no idea, but said, God, we'll go wherever, whenever, and however. And, and now we are in Ethiopia. We've got like three house churches or four house churches now. Um, I, I, I'm just so overwhelmed at what God's doing. So this past week, I was, um, it's just weird. Do you ever, like God does these strange connections? Here's, here's the thing I want you to know. Stop trying so hard. I turn to somebody and tell them, stop trying so hard. <laughs> just stop trying so hard. The, the, the whole key is just to get your eyes on Jesus and he'll get you where you need to go. You're not gonna, you will not, you will not miss it. And so uh, we end up in Ethiopia and then I'm there and there's, they're telling me the story about the guy who started, his name is Howie Shute and he is it was a Nazarene missionary who actually birthed the church there in Ethiopia. There's thousands of churches there now because of this one man, not because of us, but because of that one man. We're riding on his back into Ethiopia and he is beloved in that country. And I get back to the States and he calls me. And I'm like, what are you calling me for? And I was like, but first I was like, this is great. I need to learn from this guy. I wanna hear from this guy. And he said, Brad, I, I wanted to ask you if you would pray would your church consider being a part of a um, pastor's training center that we want to build there in the Horn of Africa? And, and he wants us to just be a part of helping to train pastors, mobilize pastors, and start more and more churches, not just in Ethiopia, but across all of the Horn of Africa. This is our God, and this is what he does. And, and what we do is we follow him anywhere and everywhere that that would, would take us. So I just want to encourage you, just go where God is leading you. It won't always make sense. I told, um, he's, his, his name's Howie. I feel weird calling him Howie because I just think of him as like this icon, you know, but they call him Howie. And I said, hey man, I'm not a missionary. I don't have, it's nowhere in my gift. Some of you going through core, core purpose right now. Nowhere in my abilities. It's nowhere in my gift set. Um, but for some reason, uh, we've been stirred up and God is moving on us to, to help in that part of the world. And he said, that's okay, Brad. We'll take care of that part of it. You just, you just do what God tells you to do. So we're gonna do what God tells us to do. And that my friends, is how you know you're walking in the purposes and plans of God. Just do what he tells you to do. I'm gonna turn to somebody and tell them, just do what he tells you to do. Some of y'all I know are like, I know, but I just don't, I, how do I know he's telling me what to do? I don't have time to preach that this week. You're on your own on that one. Good luck. 
But it starts in the Word of God. If you want to hear God speak, I talked about this a few weeks ago, just take this book and do this. Open it. <laughs> do this. Open it. Like, so often we're like, man, I just am not hearing from God. It's for special people, not for me. It's for the, you know, somebody who has to get a seminary degree. And God says, no, 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 no. I don't talk to anybody and everybody. You don't even have to be my follower. You maybe never darkened the door of a church before, but guess what? You open up my word and I will speak to you. And so let's go into the scriptures right now. Luke chapter five, that's where we're gonna be today. Luke chapter five. And I believe that God is gonna speak to you today using me as a vessel, I pray, but specifically using his word to speak to you today. If you don't have a Bible, I just encourage you, a great app is YouVersion or Bible Hub. I use those all the time. And they're very helpful to me. Uh, if you're new to studying the scripture and you wanna study scripture, we have tools on our website. We've got a... Uh, Lord's Prayer Guide in our lobby with some journals that uh, I put together, something I use every day. If it'd be helpful to you, grab that. Our, our word for the year is new beginnings. Who's ready for a new beginning? Who's ready for something new in your life, okay? Yeah, I mean, we're all praying for, for new beginnings. That was our, our word, and we, we talked about on Vision Day this idea that we believe, and we've seen this, God has been stirring and doing something in, in, in collectively in our church and moving us from this valley of dry bones. Ezekiel chapter 37, you have to go and read that. But he's breathing his spirit on some dry bones, raising us up like an army that Ezekiel talks about. And he's bringing our church into this season of new beginnings that you find in Isaiah chapter 43. Now that is not just a word for like, the church, that is a word for the body of Christ. So if you are here today and you are a part of this church, that is a word for you personally. It is a word corporately for us as a church, but when God gives a word corporately to a church, he gives it to us individually. So what he's saying is, what is your new beginning? What is it you're praying for? What is it you're hoping for? What is it you're talking to God about? He says, I am about to bring you out of a valley of dry bones. It's dried up, there's no life, there's no hope. It can't live again. That's what the prophet, God said, hey, can these bones live again? And the prophet said, I ain't got no idea. Only you know that. That's the best way to answer God on something like that. And he says, yes, they can. Speak life over those bones. And that's what he wants to do for you today. So we're in our series called New Beginnings. And on Vision Day, we talked about these four principles that help us to walk into a new beginning. Doesn't happen by chance. New beginnings, we talked about the very first week. New beginnings begin with endings. That was the, that's the hardest part of it is letting something go. You got to go back to the past before you can move forward. Then we talked about new beginnings begin with God. And then last week, new beginnings begin with God's people. You need to be surrounding yourself. Oh, how about Amber Palmer's story today, man, about the people of God surrounding her and her group. That's what it's about. That's why we encourage you to get into a core group. So today, I want to talk to you about new beginnings begin with the world in mind. New beginnings begin with the world in mind. Luke chapter 5, I read out of the New Living Translation. If you're new to the scriptures, let me give you some background on this. Luke is not one of the 12 disciples. Luke was a physician, but he went around and he recorded all the stories of Jesus. And Luke was a physician, so he's very detailed. So this is the most detailed book and account we have of, of Jesus' life. And this particular chapter in chapter five is when he calls his first disciples, the 12 disciples. This is where he calls a few of them. And this is the story of one of them that we know is Matthew. There's a book in the Bible called Matthew and Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples. But, but here in the scriptures, he's called Levi. So it gets a little confusing, but just remember that that's what he used to be known as. What's, what's amazing is, is Levi who becomes Matthew when he tells the story in his gospel, in, in his biography of Jesus in the book of Matthew, he doesn't call himself Levi. Because I'm not, I'm not known for who I used to be. I am known for who I am now, a child of God. I am not known by my past, but I am known by who I am in Christ. But what I like that Luke does here, he's pretty detailed. He said, I want to bring you back to who he was before Matthew. 
And that's where we come across him in verse 27 of chapter five. So later, as Jesus left the town, he saw a tax collector named Levi, that's Matthew, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up, he left everything, and he followed him. And then later, Levi held a banquet in his home with Jesus as the guest of honor, and many of his uh, fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. I like one gospel account, one biography of Jesus says that other notorious sinners were there. How many notorious sinners have we had in the house here? Come on. Really? Some of y'all are like, can I say that? I'm not, I'm a sinner. I don't know about notorious, but we, we, we're all notorious sinners, by the way, saved by the grace of God. That's why we're here, because God saves us out of our sin each and every day. But the Pharisees, teachers of religious law, the church people complained bitterly to Jesus' disciples. I, I just, this is my, I hate this scripture. I have always hated this scripture. And understand what I mean by hate on this. It's because it's because of what they said, and I, I just can't believe they said this. Why, why do you eat and drink with such scum? God help us if that's how we think of people that don't know Jesus. Are you kidding me? They are a child of God. Turn to somebody and tell them, you are a child of God. My, my Bible tells me that we are all created in the image of God. It's not like somehow you get saved and then bing, now you're the image of God. No, we are all created to become like God. Jesus said this, I like Jesus' response though. Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who, who know they're sinners and they need to repent. How many of you know you're a sinner and you need to repent? How many of you know that? Yeah. Let's try that again. How many of you know you're a sinner and you need to look around, look around. You're in, seriously, look around. You're in good company today, aren't you? You're in good. High five somebody with their hand up. High five somebody. Yeah. And let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the hope that you bring us through the scriptures today. Would you be glorified today in all that is said and done in Jesus' name, amen. Would you give it up for my piano player, Stan Sobolewski. Stan Sobolewski, everybody. I love it. I always love how he just plays behind me and just kind of sitting back there going. What you don't know about Stan is he's sitting back there the whole time just going, how much longer until I'm done? How much longer? My fingers are getting tired. Thanks, buddy. Hey, how about this last week, everybody, huh? Was that nice? Was that fun? Everybody have a good week? Woo! Some of y'all just moved to Oklahoma. I've met some of you that just moved to our state and you're like, what is this? What have I moved to? It's the land of tornadoes and ice storms. Welcome. That is our contribution to the world right there. Yep, ice storms. Oh my goodness. Everybody just loses their mind, don't they? What is that? And it's, have you ever noticed that when storms of the catastrophic uh, times like this, that that um, it's every man for himself, is it not? I mean, all of our love of fellow man, our care for people, our courtesy that we're known for in Oklahoma, out the window, baby, it's every man. Go to the store. Anybody go to the store when the ice storm was hitting? Oh, uh-uh. Did you go anywhere near the toilet paper aisle? God be with you. That is some rough stuff. I was leaving the store and I, I saw, I'm not making this up. I was coming out of the store and this little old lady was in front of me trying to push her cart across the ice. And I was like, I should probably help her. But it was like nine degrees. And then I saw a car pulling up and I'm like, she's good. I am not making that up. I did that. Don't look at me with those condescending looks, you all. You weren't even thinking about her. At least I thought about her. I mean, it, when it comes to shoveling off your driveway, like nobody is, is, nobody's going out and looking over at their neighbor's house and going, you know, I should probably start there. No, you're not thinking, you're thinking about yours. You're thinking about, you're like, hey, good luck as they slide in and out of their driveway. 
I, I was talking to Paula Neal this week. She is on staff with us, and she, her and Curtis uh, dated in high school. Huh? How sweet. Yeah, that's sweet. And she told me that in high school, those of you who know Curtis, this will, I mean, it's not surprise you, he had a, a, a plow that he hooked up to the front of his truck. Go figure. He was hitting swap meets even back in high school. <laughs> and so Curtis had a, had a snow plow. And listen to this. When, and they lived in Virginia where it really snows. And whenever it would snow, Curtis would show up and he would take the snow plow through the neighborhood to their house and clean the road. Hold it. Not the entire neighborhood. Paula lived in the back of the neighborhood. Curtis would, would clear one lane that went all the way back to her driveway, and that was the only one that was cleared. And the truth is, is that in moments like that, it really just brings out, I want to say the best in us, but a lot of times it brings out the worst in us, and we, we see kind of who we who we really are. Now, I think many times that this is the world and how they approach new beginnings. It's, it's really, it's all about them. It, it, it's about getting, it's an opportunity to have their needs and their desires met whenever they're thinking about something new in their life. They're not thinking about other people, but as followers of Jesus, we Think differently. If you haven't already written it down, I would like for you to write this down. New beginnings begin with the world in mind. New beginnings begin with the world in mind. I want you to think about the, the new beginning that you are hoping for, that you've been praying for, that you're asking God about in your life. Maybe it's, maybe it's a financial breakthrough. Why do you want that financial breakthrough? I mean, do you want it so that you can do, a, there's a remodel you're wanting to do on your house, there's some, some upgrades that you're wanting to do? Is it, maybe it's because if I, if, I, if, I, if I get a financial breakthrough and get some margin, I can finally buy a, a home? Or, or, are you, or are you thinking, hey, if I can get a financial breakthrough, if I can get to financial stability, I can finally, I can finally be generous and more generous than I've ever been before. When you think about maybe for some of you that new beginning is a, is a relationship. You're, 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 you're praying for, maybe you're praying for a relationship, for, for somebody to come into your life. Or maybe it's a current relationship. You're dating or you're engaged or married and, 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 and it's, it's not where you want it to be. And you're, you're praying for that new beginning. Why are you praying for that new beginning? It, is it because you want your needs met? Because I got needs, and that person's not meeting my needs, or I need somebody who can meet the needs that I have, and that person needs to be thinking about me. Or, or are you thinking about that relationship in the context of how can I meet their needs? How can, how, how can I love them? How can I help them to achieve what they desire to achieve? Maybe your new beginning is about a job or a career, and I, why do, you, why do you want that new job? Why, why do you want that promotion? So you can get the title? People finally respect you? Is it so you can get maybe a little bit more money? Is it, is it, is it, is it so I can, I just want to get away from my boss. I just want to get away from that guy or that lady. They're driving me nuts. I think that's okay. That one God's okay with me. Or, or do you want that, that promotion or that new job or that new opportunity because God's put a dream in your heart? Because there's an opportunity that you look at and you go, if I can do that, if I can get there, I can help people. If I get that promotion, suddenly I have people that I'm overseeing and I can help their lives be better. Or is it all about me? New beginnings begin with the world in Mind And God views new beginnings through that lens. He views it through the world. God always has the world in mind, no matter what he does. So here's Levi. 
And he, he's a guy that's kind of living for himself. And, and then Jesus shows up in his life. Look what it says in the scriptures in, in verse 27. So Jesus left that town and he saw this tax collector named Levi sitting at his tax collector's booth. Now let's, let's, let's sit in this for just a moment. If you're new to the scriptures, you, or, or maybe you don't know the context of tax collectors in this time period, but they're not real popular. I mean, this, they're not real popular right now, but, but they, they were definitely not popular then because Levi is, is a Jew and he's taking taxes from his fellow Jewish people and he's giving it to the Romans who are occupying Israel and oppressing them. And not only is he taking money and giving it to the Romans and a friend of Rome, but he's also skimming a little bit off the top because that's what the tax collectors did. And when they skimmed a little bit off the top, the Romans would just turn their head and not worry about it because they would get that. So he's not a really popular guy because he's not thinking about anybody else. He's thinking about himself, his own personal gain, what's in it for him. He doesn't care about other people. And then he encountered Jesus. When you encounter Jesus, you will never be the same. Come on, turn to somebody and say, have you encountered Jesus? Ask him, have you encountered Jesus? He doesn't want to just encounter you, by the way, pre-Jesus, pre-following him, pre-salvation. Sometimes we just think, oh yeah, no, he, he wants to encounter you each and every day. He has new beginnings for you and he says, I'm coming. Do you know that I'm here? Are you watching for me? And when you encounter him, you are never the same again because every new encounter and every new beginning begins with an encounter with Jesus. It's, it's God imparting the dream. Where's your dream from? It's God imparting a vision. It's God imparting a mission in your life. It's, it's him giving you a promise. It's, it's God who raises you out of the valley of dry bones. You cannot raise up yourself. You cannot raise yourself up and get to the new beginning that God has for you without the power of God in your life. He is the one who breathes the, the, the spirit of God into you. He's the one who gives you the power. He's the one who gives you the strength. Every new beginning begins with God. And if your new beginning doesn't begin with God, it's not, can I tell you a warning? It's not gonna end well. If you got something you're dreaming about, you're thinking about, you're pursuing, and you've never asked God about it, You've never talked to God about it. You could be pursuing and going in the wrong direction and God doesn't want you to go that way and it will not end well. Every new beginning that begins without God ends in a dead end. Empty dreams, unfulfilled promises, meaningless existence. Anybody ever been there? But, but with God, with God, everything is different. When you have God and he breathes his spirit into you and raises you out of a valley of dry bones, you can move into a new beginning full of promise, full of purpose, full of meaning and joy and fulfillment. Who does not want that? Can God's people say amen to that? That's what I want. I hope that's what you want because that's what God wants for you. Turn to somebody, encourage them, say, that's what God wants for you. That is what God wants for you. Look at verse 27, what Jesus said to him. Jesus said, follow me. Be my disciple. Okay, stop. This doesn't make sense because Jesus He's a rabbi, okay? At this point, nobody really knows son of God, Messiah. They just see him as, as a holy man, as a, as a rabbi. He should rebuke him. He should chastise him. He should call him out. See, he should have just stopped and said, what are you doing? Ripping off our people. What are you doing, you sinner? No, he, but he doesn't do that. He instead... 
What he does in just a few words is he calls Levi out of his selfish existence. Calls him literally out of himself. I think this is Jesus at his best. Unconditional love. When he could rebuke, he doesn't. He is a God who loves. He sees what no one else sees. Every, everybody. Everybody in this story, they, they saw Levi as a liar and as a thief and as a cheat, but, but, but that's not how Jesus saw him. Jesus saw him as, as a person who was restored, like redeemed. He, he saw him as a guy who wasn't living for himself, but he saw the future, Matthew, that, that would be living for the cause of others. And this is how Jesus sees you, not for who you are. Come on, somebody, Amen. He doesn't see you for who you are. He sees you for who you're created to be. So what does he do? He doesn't leave you in the valley of dry bones. That would be unfair. That would be unloving. No, he calls you out of the valley of dry bones. And so what does he do? He calls us out of our selfishness each and every day. When you see a sweet little old lady pushing her cart across the ice and you have a theological degree and the call of God on your life to preach the gospel and you walk right by her. You know what that's called, everybody? Anybody? Selfishness. It's funny, but it's selfish. And God says, I call you out of that each and every day, Brad, and I thank God for that, that he calls me out of, my, out of myself. He calls you out of pride. He, he calls you out of deceit. He calls you out of jealousy. He calls you out of greed. He calls you out of lust. He says, that is not who you are. That is not what you were created to be. And just like Levi, he, he calls you to follow after him and to become like him. Praise be to God that he doesn't leave me in the valley of dry bones, but he raises me up and he takes those things out. And he says, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to give you a new name and I'm going to give you a new life. And I'm, you know what? I'm going to change you so that you learn how to love. I'm going to change you so that you show mercy and grace to people who don't deserve it. I'm going to change you so that you will stop and you will show my kindness and goodness no matter the weather or temperature. Anybody having some conviction, I'm having some conviction right here on the stage. I certainly hope that sweet little old lady is not here today. That would, it's the last time I come here. I'm going down to the assembly next week. That's where I'm going. Plus their music isn't as loud. I just go down there. I don't even know where that came from, so. This, this is what it means to, fo to follow Jesus and be his disciple. It's, if you're not a follower of Jesus, let me just tell you what following Jesus is all about. It's not thinking about yourself anymore and living with the world in mind. It's just, I'm not gonna live for me anymore. I'm not gonna try to think about me anymore. I'm just gonna... Spend my time focusing on making this world a better place. See, right now in our world, everybody talks the talk of making the world a better place, but you can't make the world a better place apart from Jesus because he's the one who created it and new beginnings begin with the world in mind. So this is a critical point of decision for, for Levi. He could stay put and, and who could blame him he could be like, I'm good. I mean, I'm making some pretty good change. Uh, my life's pretty good. Yeah, people don't like me, but I don't like them either. I don't care. I got a sweet, I mean, I, I got a Tesla on order right now. I mean, things are looking good for me. Or, or he could step into the new beginning that, that Jesus is offering him. This is, this is a critical point of decision. This is your critical point of decision. When Jesus says, 
follow me and be my disciple, what's your answer? What's your answer? You're just gonna say, well, you know, kinda like the way life is right now. I like having a little extra for me. I like having that time. I like having some time for me, and if I follow Jesus, then I'm gonna have to give up my time, because that means I'm gonna have to serve people, I'm gonna have to give to people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to forgive people, and you know, I'm just not right, I just don't wanna do that. So I'm, I'm good, I'll just stay right where I'm at. Or are you, or are you ready? Are you ready to step into your new beginning? Look at Levi's response in verse 28. So Levi got up, he left everything, and he followed him. Like he got up, he, he, realized, he realized he was stuck. <laughs> he, was, he, just, he says, I'm, I'm stuck. He got tired of the way that he was living. He was tired of his life. He didn't want it the way it was anymore. It's, it's easy to get stuck, isn't it? Man, it's easy to get stuck in a decade, right? Anybody? Spotify reminds me all the time that I am stuck and I'm not trying new things. I, I, I even took a snapshot of my Spotify. Here's what Spotify's suggestions were for me. Rock, 1983, boom. I think it's Journey, the Eliminator album. Some of you don't even know what that is. Little Pyromania, I remember in high school cranking that bad boy up, photograph, ow. Bruce Springsteen coming to town. I'm going to be there. And I got him in my list and I'm listening to him over and over again. Now, here's what Spotify does Spotify will suggest new music. So I'll get, I'll, I'll go and I'll, okay, I'm, I'll, I'll play along with your little game, Spotify. And, and I'll, I'll start to listen to some of that new music. And I go, get about halfway into the first song. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't even know what this is. Give me a little Bob Seeger. Give me some. Give me some of that. Okay. I mean, it may not be music for you. It might be hair. I'm not, not don't look around. Don't look around right now. Some of y'all are stuck. Some, no, I'm just going to. Like, <laughs> Listen, you can stop wearing the LA looks gel. Okay. Listen, it's been, it's been gone for a couple decades now. Just gave Pastor Eric a flashback to high school right there, man. Back in the day when he used to have a lot of hair. Back in the day. Oh, oh, that's. You're welcome, man. You're welcome. Clothes, don't look around. Clothes, don't look around. Look around. You ever get stuck in that decade? You know, you're like looking down, you go, oh man, I need to do something. I need to do something about this. You know, if you wait long enough, it'll just roll right back around. I mean, it used to be like, pop, wow, I am suddenly back in style. Woo! It's easy. <laughs> it's easy to get stuck. Where, where are you stuck in life? Where is it you're refusing to change? Where is it that, because it's, it's keeping you from your new beginning. You're never gonna get unstuck until you get tired of who you are and how you're living. That, that's the only way you're gonna get unstuck is when you say, I've had enough. There's a great story that Jesus tells about the prodigal sons. Most of you are familiar with that, but if you're not familiar with that story, there's this young man and he comes to his dad and he says, I want my inheritance and I want it now, which in the Jewish culture was basically slapping his dad across the face because you don't do that. You wait until your father passes, but he's like, I want it now. I want my new beginning now. I want it now. I don't want to wait. Anybody? Oh, now I'm preaching. Now I am preaching. I, I don't want to wait any longer on my new beginning, so I want it now, God. Give it to me now. And you're like, God's like, okay. And, and what happened to the prodigal? He did it his way. He walked into the new beginning without God, and man, was it ever a dead end. Guy went out, spent all his money, had a great time, lots of friends, partying it up, having a great time, and then he lost everything, and then he lost all his friends. This is, you know, what I love about Core Church. Can I just say this is what I love about, and I'm not just Core Church, this is what I love about the Capital C Church. When you lose everything and you're in the body of Christ, you don't lose your friends because your friends are here. Your friends stay by you. Your friends stand by you, walk with you 
through some of the most difficult times and seasons when everybody else abandons you and doesn't want to be around you because you got some kind of cooties. Man, here, the body of Christ says, no, this is when we're going to rally around you. This guy loses all his friends. He ends up in uh, slopping pigs. Slopping pigs. Now, in the Jewish culture, what you need to understand is bad enough, I think, slopping pigs. I mean, give me some bacon any day, but slopping them, I don't want to do. And not only that, but remember, he's, he's a Jewish story, and, and they're not supposed to be slopping pigs as Jews. And, and so this is, he's a, he's a train wreck. And, and one, of the, one of the gospels that tells the story, it just simply says these words, he, he came to himself. He got tired of himself, got tired of the way he was living. And that's what you've you've got to come to yourself. The realization that my way is not working, the realization that this, whatever this is, is not what I was created for. This is the realization that Levi came to. He's basically saying, man, my life's, my life is not working. (laughs) He came to himself. And not only did he get up, but then it says that he left everything. He left everything. Now, I did some study on this week, pretty deep dive on this word everything, because I thought surely it doesn't mean everything, (laughs) right? But it does. The, the, the word everything here in the Greek, it means everything. I, I tried to find a way that I could soft pedal this. I'm not kidding you. I thought maybe I could maneuver it, massage it a little bit because, you know, I don't want everybody to think that, that God's going to ask you for everything. But I can't get around that he left everything. Like if you follow his life, he... He left the tax collecting business. He quit his job, quit the career field he was in and said, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus, wherever that takes me. I, I, people ask me that all the time. Man, Brad, you, 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 you were in radio. How did you quit radio? How did you quit? Man, you, you had it all. You had this a career and things were going great for you and you quit that and you went into to ministry. And why, why would you do that? Because, because the call is everything. Now, am I saying that, oh, if I give him everything, suddenly I'm going to find myself in full-time ministry? Maybe. Because some of you sitting here today, God has been talking to you about that. He's been saying, I'm calling you out of that career that you're in, and and I'm calling you into into full-time vocational ministry. I'm calling you to set this aside and embrace me and follow me all in. I, I don't think that's all of us, but I think God is asking that of some of you. And if you if you feel a stirring of that, here's how I know when God is working on people. They'll come up to me and they go, um, "How do you know if you're you're called to be in the ministry? You're called." <laughs> you start asking questions like that, you're gonna be in trouble. Did Levi regret a moment of it? No. Do I regret a moment of it? No. And my life the last 22 years has been the best 22 years of my life. Couldn't imagine doing anything else. And I'm not gonna do anything else until God says, are you willing to give up everything? I didn't wanna be in Ethiopia. I never thought about being in Ethiopia. How in the world are we in Ethiopia? Because God said, Brad, I'm asking for everything. Are you willing to get on a plane and travel halfway around the world and share the gospel with people who don't even speak your language? Okay, because he asked for everything. So he gave up his career, he gave up his home. He, he, left, he left his home. I, I tried to get around that too, but he, he had to move wherever Jesus was, was moving. He gave up financial provision. He gave, I mean, are you tied to money? Is what's keeping you from your new beginning money? Well, I, if I step there, he gave up Financial provision and stability, all for Jesus. He gave up his friends, but, but can I tell you this? That's not all he gave up. He gave up greed. He gave up jealousy. He gave up envy. He gave up deceit. He gave up his selfishness and his way of living. So what is Jesus calling you to give up? What is keeping you from your new beginning? 
What's holding you back? Is it an old habit? God said, I want you to give up that, but you keep picking it back up and trying to carry that into your new beginning. And he says, no, you can't carry that into your new beginning. I need you to give that up. Is it an old mindset? Maybe it's an old way of thinking. Man, maybe you're putting limitations on God, and he's like, I can't get you to your new beginning because you're putting limitations on me on what that new beginning looks like, and I need you to stop putting the limitations on it. Maybe it's failure, like you've got this mindset of failure, and he says, if you just have a mindset of failure all the time, I need you to change that, I need you to have a mindset of possibility. What is he calling you to give up? Is it it fear? Is it you're afraid of where he might take you? Can I tell you, you should have greater fear of where you'll be without him. That should make you afraid. If I'm not moving with Jesus, that should cause great fear in you. But as long as you're moving with Jesus, you are perfectly in his plan. You are perfectly in your purpose. You are perfectly in your talents and your abilities and your giftings. And you're in the perfect place to experience the greatest joy and fulfillment you could ever experience in your life. And God's people said, amen to that. What's he calling you to give up? And then he did this. He, so he got up, he left everything, and then he, he followed. He followed Jesus. Now let's revisit this for just a moment. At this point, no one really knows that he's the Messiah, the Son of God, who will die and take away the sins of the world, which we all are privy to and have that information right now. But what they know him as in this moment is a Jewish rabbi, a teacher. Again, if you don't know the context of this time period, this is important to know because as a rabbi and as a teacher, what a rabbi would do is a rabbi would go and select disciples. If you're wondering, why did Jesus choose 12 disciples? It's because that's what every rabbi did. They all chose disciples. What did disciples do? They would hook up with that rabbi. They would go to that rabbi. Maybe I shouldn't say hook up. That sounds weird. They should. <laughs> they joined with that rabbi. Got to watch the phrases you say, because right now there's some junior high boy that's going, <laughs> just said hook up. <laughs> they do, but they, they join with that rabbi They take his yoke upon them, in other words, his teaching, and they study under that rabbi to learn the Torah and the Jewish law and how to be a leader. That's what it is. And so that's what's happening in this moment. And here's here's Levi, and he's like, "Ah, have you seen my resume? Have you you seen my LinkedIn profile? Yeah. He's got to be freaking out. Like, you, Why? Why would you choose me? We all have that resume, don't we, that we put together to kind of show Jesus why we're not qualified? Why I'm not, uh, well, I'm not really qualified for my new beginning because, I mean, have you, have you seen what I did? Have you, do you not see what I'm doing? This is Levi. Not, not what I did in the past. Do you not see God what I'm doing right now, do you not see the poor choices I'm making over and over and over again? Why would you pick me? And he comes to you and he says, I choose you. <laughs> oh my goodness, if that's not good news. If that is not the good news of the gospel, nothing else is. Oh man, he, he chooses me. Come on, turn to somebody and say, he has chosen you. He has, he has chosen you. I love this because Jesus literally rewrote Levi's resume, changed his name from Levi to Matthew. And under references, it says, see Jesus. (laughs) This is the story of scripture. Let me introduce you to the Bible from front to back. You go to the book of Genesis, there's this guy and, and God comes to him and says, I'm going to bring a nation out of you. And he's like, man, I'm old. My wife's old. We can't have a baby. Uh, maybe you're not seeing that we can't have a baby. But God births a nation and changes Abram's name to Abraham. This is, this is who our God is. He, he comes to a young man who, is, who has been uh, 
deceitful to his family, uh, stolen a birthright of his brother. His brother hates him. He's on the run from his brother. His brother is chasing him down, wants to kill him for stealing his inheritance. And then this guy ends up wrestling with God and God breaks his hip. And then God says, I am going to bring that nation from you. Your name is no longer Jacob. Your name is Israel. This is our God. This is what he does. Fast forward and you see there's another guy. He's on a boat. He's with Jesus. And he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I figured out who you are. And I'm just a sinner. I'm a broken man. You, you, no, you, I got to get away from you. I cannot be, I can't be around you. And Jesus says, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to start the church through you. And he changes his name from Simon to Peter. And here he comes to a guy named Levi a tax collector, despised, hated, didn't deserve anything. And he said, I choose you. This guy, Levi, he has no idea that 2,000 years later, a church is going to gather and start talking about him. He had no idea sitting at that tax collector's booth, what an inspiration. He would be to all of us and to millions and millions of people around the world. And there's one reason why that happened for Levi. Because when he stepped into his new beginning, it wasn't about him. It was never about him. In fact, you get a glimpse of this in verse 29. It says later, Levi held a banquet in his home with, and say this part with me, with what? Jesus as the guest of honor, and many of Levi's fellow tax collectors and other guests also ate with them. I, I love the dinner table, and I've always loved having my kids around the dinner table um, because you know the, the, the dinner table can can just be a means to an end, can it? You know what I'm saying? Like you know, it's just like just slop some food on that table, get them fed, and let's get going. I mean, it's just a means to an end, but it was, it's never been that for me. It's always a connection point for me. Always was with my kids, still is today, and we, we'd sit around this table. I would do highs and lows with them because I wanted to know what excited them in life and where they were struggling in life. And then, and then we would we just have fun around the table, man. We'd have mashed potato fights. I mean, we, just did, we had screaming contests, screaming at the top of our lungs. We just had so much fun around the table. And it was an opportunity for me to connect. And that's what's happening here for Levi. He sees the table differently. I want you to think of your new beginning like a table. It's a table that God wants to use to gather the world around, to gather your world around so that you can serve them. Like Levi, he didn't gather people to impress them. He didn't gather them for his personal gain. He gathered them for one reason and one reason only, and that was to introduce them to Jesus. That's what your new beginning is all about, introducing people to Jesus. Let's go back to Vision Day, Isaiah 43. It says it so well there. Isaiah wrote these words in Isaiah 43, 21. Say these with me. Will you We say this with me? They will someday honor me before the whole world. That's what a new beginning is all about, honoring God before the whole world. It's why we say it every week in our sending prayer. It's how we close our sending prayer. Look at the end of our sending prayer. I, this week, I declare I'm available and willing to be used for what? What? Your glory and honor. You see these windows on the stage. Many of you know what these windows are, but if you're new and you don't know what those are, these windows really represent new beginnings. I want you to think of your new beginnings as looking out through these windows and into the world. What is the new beginning God has for you? What is it you're praying for? What is it you're asking God for? What is a new window that you're looking for, through and you're just saying, man, God, I'm waiting for that. I'm looking for that. But those names on those windows represent the people that God wants to bring into your life. That represents the people that he wants you to impact through your new beginning. Those names that we write on those windows are people that we know that, that are not yet followers of Jesus. There's over 500 names 
over 500 names that you've turned in. If you've not turned in names this next week, they're going to be going and hanging up in our lobby. If you've not got a chance to turn in some names of people you're praying for, grab a Next Step card, fill that out. We'll add those names to this. But this is what new beginnings are all about. It's not about me. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them it's not about me. It is not about me. New beginnings, they begin with the world in mind. Let's pray together. Would you bow your heads? Father, and thank you for this word of new beginnings. So much hope in this, in this room, so many new beginnings that we're praying for, believing for. What is the new beginning that you're asking God for right now? What is it you need from Jesus? We're gonna to come to the table here and receive the sacraments here in just a moment, but before we do, one of our core practices is continual surrender. What is it you need to surrender right now? Maybe for you today, it's your entire life. You're like, Brad, I'm Levi in this story. I, I'm not following Jesus, but today I wanna follow Jesus. I don't understand it all, but man, if he'll forgive my sins, if he'll do for, Levi, for me what he did for Levi, I'm in. I want that. All you have to do today is ask. All you gotta do literally is, is get up. You don't have to stand up from your seat, but it, it, right now in your soul, in your heart, just get up and say, I'm done with myself and I'm moving into a new beginning with Jesus. Maybe you're already a follower of Jesus, but today you say, man, there's something I, I'm holding on to. I need to surrender something to Jesus. What is it you need to give? He's asking for everything. What is the one thing that you say, I gotta let this go? Right now in this room is the possibility of new beginnings. Right now in this room is the possibility of men and women that are not yet here experiencing new beginnings in their life. God is calling us to lay down everything and pick him up and walk with him so that others can come out of their valley of dry bones and move into their new beginnings. Father, thank you that you are bringing forgiveness and grace and mercy in this room right now. Thank you that hope is being restored, healing of the soul, shame gone, condemnation gone, forgiveness is coming. Thank you for peace that is overwhelming people as they step into their new beginnings. Purpose, God, new purpose, new dreams, new way of envisioning. God, thank you that right now you're re- calculating and recalibrating people's vision for their new beginning right now, God, full of purpose, full of meaning. Thank you, Father, for new beginnings in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, will you encourage somebody? Just tell them you are forgiven and you are free. Turn to somebody, tell them you are forgiven and you are free. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.